Every Yom Tov is unique. Every Yom Tov has its own special Kedusha Sayom, its own special qualities, its own special themes and messages. In order to define, in order to further understand and evaluate what is unique about every Yom Tov, one always has to begin with the Parsha Emar, known as Parsha Samoadim or Parsha Samoados in different places. Now there lists or enumerates all of the various Parshios. Each one, if one pays attention, is given special treatment, unique formulation, interrelationships between various aspects that are generic to all Chagim, sometimes change with respect to individual Chagim. One needs to focus on, concentrate on these details in order to appreciate what is special and what one is to focus on on every particular Yomta. When it comes to the Yomta of Rosh Hashanah, we're told in Vayikra, Erechav Gimel, Pasachav Gimel, by Daber Hashem Amosha Leymar, Daber Amin Yisrael Leymar, B'chadish Ashvi'i, B'echad HaKodesh, Yelachem Shabbason, Zichron Trua Mikra Kodesh. Kol Malachat Sabodon Osasu, V'hikrav Ten Bishem Hashem. On the surface, reading these Pesukim, one is struck, not so much by, at least initially, by that which is unique, that which is different, but uh, by the fact that it, the language is so plain, and in fact that we find out or that we discover in these psukim very little about the true nature of the Chak. In fact, others have pointed this out as well, it is the only really one of the Chagim which is not defined or given some uh, more transcendent name designation comes to Pesach, we call Pesach as Chagamatzos, as Chagasukos, right? Yom Kippur is defined in very clear terms. It's considered Kiyom Kippurim, Ulechaper Aleichem Mephnei Hashem Elokeichem. Every one of the Chagim is defined in a certain way. When it comes to Rosh Hashanah, on the other hand, B'chodesh HaShvim, B'chodesh HaShvim, we're given a map to the time. Yilachem Shabbosom, it's a Shabbosom, and we're told something of what is supposed to take place on that day. Zichron Trua Mikra Kodesh. And it doesn't be so malacha. Komalacha Savonolo Sasu. We craft and we shalashem. We are not told that this is Yom Adikaron or Yom Rosh Hashanah. There is no Yom designation at all. And the same is true with a slight variation. Of course, the Parshas Pinchas, which deals with the Kabanos. There, of course, um, there was a greater focus on uh, Yom Trua Yalachem. In fact, the contrast between describing that as Yom Trua, which we find in Parshas Elmo, which is simply Shabbaton, Zichron Trua Yalachem, focusing on what one should be doing, but not on the actual day, is partly reinforcing of this phenomenon. Why does the Torah not give this a more clear designation as Yom Azikaron in Parshas Elmo? Why wait until Parshas Pinchas? Moreover, even the small description that we have of what one is supposed to focus on is both meager and ambiguous. We're told Zichron Trua, so there is Zichron Trua. Problem is Zichron Trua Mikrotovish. Problem is that the definition of Zichron Trua is anything um, but clear. Rashi on the spot makes reference to Bakhtas, Achoros, and Shofros, which elicits a whole 
a discussion in the Ramban and the other Mepharshim, how is it possible that Malchus and Konus and Shofros are the reference, or the reference of Zichro and Chua. After all, the fact is that, uh, according to simple reading of the Gemara and Rosh Hashanah, it would appear that Malchus and Konus and Shofros are Dravana. And all sorts of answers that are given to this question, perhaps in conjunction with Kiel Shofar, one of the ones that Salavatsky was referring to before, that's how Rav understood it. But clearly, this is a problematic interpretation. And Ramban doesn't like it. Ramban goes on to try to suggest other things. The Ibn Ezra, the Svarnu, all the Farshim of Torah, the times of limited, so we'll go through them. Each of them have interesting suggestions as to what Zichron Tua means. Ramban, in his Pinchal Torah, and in a more elaborate treatment in his Drosha the Rosh Hashanah, tells us that Zichron Tua is the most ambiguous uh, of terms in all of Parshas Havonim. Since every other Moed, when they speak about it, we know what it means. When it comes to, particularly, Rosh Hashanah, Zichron Tshua, it's not clear. Requires a lot of work, and there are a lot of pages and pages, to try to figure out what it means. Ultimately, it comes to the conclusion that it's a reference to some aspect of Yom Hadin, which he develops. But clearly, the Torah Shabbat didn't make it easy. The Gemara itself uses Zichron Tshua also in different ways. In one context, the word Havamina was that maybe Tzkiya Shofar would be prohibited on Shabbos even in the Torah, which may be also a view of the Ushami. And the Gemara says that, how can that be? The Gemara says, because I'm too psuki. One is the Pasuk in Pashas Pinchas, Yom Tshua Yelachem, referring to Tzkiya Shofar. And the other Pasuk is the one here in Pashas Emor, Zichron Tshua. So the point is that the Zichron Tshua is a reference to the fact that all you can do is have a Zechar to the Tshua. You can't actually blow shofar itself. That's how we know that on Shabbos, you're supposed to focus on perhaps on psukim. Again, this would work nicely with Rashi's Malkas, Echonos, and Shofos. But, in fact, there is no tzkia. The fact that Malkas, Echonos, and Shofos themselves could substitute and replace shofar on Shabbos, of course, again, works into the theme of the integral relationship between these two. Elsewhere, the Gemara uses this expression again, in another context. The Gemara says that it's okay to shear um, the person blows shofar without kavana just to practice it as a musical instrument that he is yatsa. The Gemara links this up with the previous psaq, the kafol parsiyim, if uh, non-Jews force feed someone to eat matzah, that he's yotza yidei chomaz matzah. After all, the fact is that he was supposed to eat matzah, chol matzah amarachmona, v'amachar ni'eget. The Gemara says, Hayduhach, this is the same thing. Why do we need two different uh, brises to teach us that mitzvahs, Eidah and Tzrichah is Kabbalah? They don't require Kabbalah in order to fulfill the mitzvah. So the Gemara says, because since the Gemara to Rosh Hashanah says Zichron Tshuva, so one might have thought that since you require Zichron Tshuva and a situation where it's Tokeh and the Shias in the category of this Asik Bialba, Kabash Malayah, nonetheless, doesn't make a difference. This is Gemara Nukhavches. You should know, Mitzvah's Eilat Tzuchet's Kavana, Tokeh Mashir is Yatz. So again, the Gemara apparently thinks that Zichon Tshua relates to concentrating, focusing on the purpose of the Tzkiyos. In other words, knowing what one is doing, somehow it is mutually exclusive of the concept of the Sasek, I was not going to sound it at least. But in any case, Mitzvah's Eilat Tzuchet's Kavana. In any case, the question remains, what does this term mean? And more important, why is the Torah so ambiguous about the term that it uses to describe Rosh Hashanah? 
There's another anomaly in the Pasuk. <coughs> in this Pasuk alone, we find the term Yiyanachem before the expression of the Yom Tov. That doesn't mean Israel, Imar, B'chodesh, Ashri, B'echad, B'chodesh, Yiyanachem, Shabbosah. Generally, when we find Yiyanachem, if we find it in the context of Parsha Samoadim, it's after we've already defined and described the Moe. And then we said, this particular Chag, Yiyanachem, should be your Chag. You should observe this Chag. Here, it's Yiyanachem, Shabbosah. The truth is that that too requires some explanation. The interesting thing is that it has a parallel. Of course, it's parallels in Parshas bow with respect to Hachodesh Hazeh, Lachem, the concept of Rosh Chodesh. The fact is that Rosh Hashanah is unique, not only in the way that it's depicted in the Parsha, but in the fact that it is, only, it is the only one of the Chagim, of course, which falls out on Rosh Chodesh. The question is whether this falling out of Rosh Chodesh is really a coincidence, or is that part and parcel of the Kedusha Sayom, of the actual sanctity of Rosh Hashanah itself? It's not a coincidence at all, but the integration of Rosh Chodesh, maybe the transformation of Rosh Chodesh in the context of being the ultimate Rosh Chodesh, Rosh Hashanah, is part of the essential Kedusha Sayom of Rosh Hashanah itself. The fact is, that's not a pasuk. It's called the shofar. The castle of the Yom Chagenu. Kichonu Yisrael Hu. Nishpat Lelokei Yaakov. The Gemara tells us, Enzul Chag Shachodesh Miskasebo. Which is the Chag, the castle of the Yom Chagenu. Right? Which also camouflages or covers up a Chodesh. Right? That is, of course, Rosh Chodesh. So one could have argued that this is simply, again, a kind of a roadmap. You should know that, don't make a mistake, Rosh Hashanah is on Rosh Chodesh uh, Tishra. But the fact is that we find that there may be some substantive links between Rosh Hashanah and Rosh Chodesh. And this is both directions. The impact of Rosh Hashanah redefining Rosh Chodesh, in some cases, the impact, at least the link between Rosh Chodesh and its themes and Rosh Hashanah itself. Barry Tosis of the Chesed based Rosh Hashanah called the view of Rosh Hashanah, but it's quoted different ways in different places. But the general thrust of it seems to be that there was a Shita that suggested that maybe the Chatos that is normally brought on every Rosh Chodesh would not be brought on Rosh Hashanah. Based on this idea of the Chesed Yom Chagenu, the Chag Shechodesh Miskasimo. In the end, the Shulam was quoted on this position. Arguing that it's not true, it is Rosh Chodesh, the Korban of Rosh Chodesh, all the Korbanos of Rosh Chodesh, Chatas and Ola should be brought. But no Havamina, that Yom Chadshem Skatsaba Chodesh would have the impact of allowing us to skip the Korban of every Rosh Chodesh in the striking one. An echo of this is to be found in the question of Nusach which remains debated among the Rishonim. Then we do mention the Olas, or do mention the Olas, what about the Chathas of Rosh Chodesh in the Tzilas Musaf of Rosh Hashanah, or not? And that is something that is debated by the Balitosis and others there and in other places. Indeed, partly this is connected to a discussion of Mishnah and Erevin, it's a little bit late, so I won't um, detail it. But the Mishnah and Erevin, the Alphabet also discusses to what extent the Shlech Tzibor makes reference to Rosh Chodesh 
on Rosh Hashanah. And of course, the Rishonim discussing as Kalas Veda Ba'ora, the mention of Yalav Yavel and Rosh Hashanah, uh, both in Tefillah and in Birch Some actually Mechalek between Tefillah and Birch which is a very intriguing position, discuss this question again. Should separate reference be made to Rosh Chodesh in addition to Rosh Hashanah? Almost as if they are asking the question, or focusing exactly on this question. In other words, to what extent is Rosh Hashanah and Rosh Chodesh a coincidence? In which case, there's absolutely no reason to ignore Rosh Chodesh just because it happens to be Rosh Hashanah. Similarly, the primary emphasis would be on Rosh Hashanah. But why to the exclusion of Rosh Chodesh? One doesn't uh, in any way detract from the other. Or, it's not a coincidence, Rosh Hashanah is meant to be the ultimate Rosh Chodesh in some sense, in which case it's own Kabbalos, or at least if not the actual bringing of the Kabbalos, the reference to its own Musafim certainly suffice. Maybe even in Azkara's Veda Ba'ora, there's no reason to mention Rosh Chodesh, it's Palamasayim Mana, not only to know that it's there, but actually even in relating to that Kedusha. The Chassidah Chibitzashimun Base actually focuses on uh, an interesting question. He wants to know if the Kapara of the Korban Chattas of Rosh Chodesh is already taken care of discussing this problem of this is maybe the features of Kapara that are accomplished by that Korban actually are included in the Kapara of the Musafinan Rosh Hashanah. Interesting question. But one which one can certainly understand not only in terms of a kind of coincidence, so it so happens that the Musafin that you offer today take care of this particular requirement. But rather, of course, being a design that was set up this way, Torah set it up that the Musafin of Rosh Hashanah should already address and therefore make superfluous um, the concerns of the Kabbalatas of Rosh Chodesh. The Luchasim raises another interesting subject. Wants to know whether or not perhaps after bringing the Kabbal Chatas of Rosh Chodesh, since we do bring the Kabbal Chatas of Rosh Chodesh, so what we do is we bring the Kabbal Chatas and then the Kabbal Allah and then the other Musafim, based on the principle of Tadir, the Sheinot Tadir. So of course, the Halach is that Tadir is Kabbal. So Rosh Chodesh comes out more often than Rosh Hashanah, then we do those Kabbal Allahs first. The raised the question if perhaps one shouldn't bring the Chatas of Rosh Chodesh, then the Chatas of Rosh Hashanah, and then the Olas. Jolly says, all things being equal, the Chatas is brought before Ola. So maybe, even in this context, one should bring the Chatas of Rosh Hashanah before the Ola of Rosh Chodesh. It's not so clear whether the Chatzchina's question is totally universal alone, and we at Suyar, of course, we don't have the Echitensi, but if we did, that Rosh Chodesh had come out on any other Yom Tov, if it, if it had been destined to be that way, maybe you would have asked the same kind of question. Namely, how do you relate the, right, the various demands of Tadim Shedet Tadir, Tadim Kalim on the one hand, and the Chathos Kalim Ola on the other? Maybe there's a way to navigate it by doing Chathos Chathos, and then Ola Ola. I think certainly one could argue that the question here is a more fundamental one. And that's not just a coincidence. But the real question is, for the very same reason that Rabbi Shalom considered the possibility that there is no Korban Rosh Chodesh, for that very reason, maybe even though we possibly that there is a Korban Rosh Chodesh, maybe Dafka one needs to go in the opposite direction, but for the very same reason. Instead of being totally superfluous, because it's covered 
by the theme of Rosh Hashanah, which is the ultimate Rosh Chodesh, maybe the opposite is true. And that is, if these two are one kiyum, one integrated kiyum, it's necessary to address both, but they should be linked as much as possible. And therefore, while there is this consideration of Tadim, Shedat Tadim, Tadim Kodim, but nonetheless, perhaps, one should link up the Chatos of Rosh Hashanah and of Rosh Chodesh. The similar vein, Chatzkimach raises the question, with regard to the Shir Shayom, in general, without going into too much detail, discusses the question in general whether Shir Shayom is affected by Moadim, and the general conclusion seems to be that it's more likely that the Shir Shayom that was sung in Samikdash would be affected by Rosh Chodesh or by Rosh Hashanah than anything else. Again, one is left to wonder whether this is just a coincidence for the reasons that he discusses. Or whether or not this too doesn't imply a link, a strong link, between Rosh Hashanah and Rosh Chodesh, something which implies that Rosh Hashanah is a um, supreme Rosh Chodesh. Rosh Chodesh, at some level, finds its greatest expression in Rosh Hashanah. For this connection, it should be mentioned that there is, of course, um, a very prominent role that Shir Shayom plays, particularly in the context of Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah, Hayyim Bekazim, Nehdes HaKadosh Kalayom, told Mishnah Daflamin of the base of Rosh Hashanah, Panachas Nishtar Ha'edem Yimabau, Hineskalko Ha'edem Yishir. Hitkinish Lohim Bekazim, Ela Ad HaMedcha. Yimabau, Ha'edem 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 Yimabau, so that's the mission describes the foundation for the Yoma Richter that we practice. The idea that Rosh Hashanah, right, is a Yom Tov of two days, and not simply based on the regular principle of Sveikad Yom and Yom Shani but a separate Takana based on this idea that occasionally, after all, since Rosh Hashanah was Rosh Chodesh, and it wasn't known that it was going to be Rosh Chodesh, and ever by extension that it was going to be Rosh Hashanah, until, until the Aiden actually showed up on that day. And sometimes they wouldn't show up in the morning, oftentimes they wouldn't show up in the morning. They would show up sometime a little bit later. So one year they came late. And the Skalkulu Halabiyah Bashir, the Gemara has a discussion whether the Skalkulu Halabiyah Bashir means that they were not able to say Shir Shayom because they didn't know it was Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Chodesh, in other words, and Rosh Hashanah, or a Yom Kal. What does it mean that the Shtabshu Bashir? They said the wrong Yom. Apparently that would be uh, even worse, and we had a whole discussion about that. But consequently, they made this uh, Takana that whatever any year in which the Aiden do not show up before Mincha, in such a year, they will uh, proceed with the rest of the day as a Yom Kodesh, but they'll really make Rosh Hashanah the next day. In other words, the, the Binya, Rosh Hashanah, etc., will start from the next day. So it's fascinating, many things are fascinating about this mission of the Salakha, but one of the things is the prominent role of the Skalakal Ruhalami in the Shia. Is the Shia Shayyam so critical that they have to make a separate Takana right, of, of Yom Arichta, second day of Rosh Hashanah, even in Eretz Yisrael? Fascinating. The Bible tells us to ask another question. Simply ask, is the biggest problem that we encounter here the problem of, of the Shir Shayyam? In Torah, Abayah Hashiv Kilkul Shemusif, 
actually reformulates the uh, the mission entirely. He drops the kilkul of Shir Shoyom, and instead it focuses on the fact that uh, we don't know what we're going to do about the Musafim of Rosh Hashanah. So basically what has happened here is several fascinating things. The Mishnah is implying that Shir Shoyom, particularly in Rosh Hashanah and slash or Rosh Chodesh, is of some special significance, establishing, pronouncing, Right. publicizing that this is not just any Yom Kol, but it's Rosh Chodesh and or Rosh Hashanah is somehow critical, critical enough to mandate this kind of a Takana. But it tells us about it by Korban Musaf and Rosh Chodesh for some reason. And the Ramam reformulated the whole thing into a problem of the Kisafim of Rosh Hashanah itself. Of course, I'm also came and ask, what do you do with the Mishnah? It's not even just the Gemara, it's a, and uh, all sorts of answers are suggested. Perhaps one could argue, though, that the Shir Shoyal identifying the day as Rosh Hashanah and Rosh Chodesh is, in fact, critical. At least on Rosh Chodesh level, the essence of Rosh Chodesh is precisely the pronouncement of the day. I'll get back to this point in just a couple of minutes. Of course, the Gvarn Beta of Tezvav and other places as well explains the formulation that we use in every young of the Kadesh Yisrael of Hazmani. Why do we say the Kadesh Yisrael of Hazmani? We don't say that with regard to Shabbos. So the Gemara says because the whole point is that the Rabbi Shalom entrusted the calendar to Klal Yisrael. And the mechanism, of course, the vehicle, was Kiddush HaKodesh. That's why a few of the Zidim, and certainly Shogigin, right? even if you know that much Kodesh, of course, within reason, within the window of opportunity, to pronounce a Rosh Chodesh. Right? Klai Yisrael has the ability to make this kind of pronouncement. And therefore, it's the kind of Yisrael as well. So in a certain sense, the Shir Shoyal of Rosh Chodesh, and suggested by extension of Rosh Hashanah, is critical. Because it's precisely the identification of the day, the fact that you treat it as Rosh Chodesh, the fact that the proper procedure to make it Rosh Chodesh has been undertaken, that's what gives it the status of Rosh Chodesh. And then we have to argue that what Rambam perhaps on some level has in mind is that even though Bali Tosas asked this question about the Korbanos of Musaf, is that a much more fundamental problem? So basically, the Bali Tosas gives and other Rishon give all sorts of answers. Say, well, but Yemen, you could violate the Allah Hashlein, you could really bring the Korban Musaf even after the Talmud if you had to, or others suggest you could bring the Korban out tonight. If in fact, if it's if it's Rosh Hashanah or Rosh Chodesh, then this is a carbon, and if not, then it's a also some suggestions made how to get out of this problem. I want to suggest that perhaps the Rambam should be understood as saying the fact is that all of these things could have been done, but they would have been lacking a major key in the Musafid, both of Rosh Chodesh and maybe more so of Rosh Hashanah. That is, that to bring these carbonos on the basis of a kind of a Bibanashach or after the common Talmud, would be to be missing the major element of the Kedusha Sayyom, both Rosh Chodesh and Rosh Hashanah, which is precisely the pronouncing of the day, the Kriya Sachodesh, and the fact that it's known and it's Mavurar 
They wish to everybody that in fact this is Rosh Hashanah or that it is Rosh Chodesh. And indeed, the Lush, in his uh, parish, uh, in his, uh, his own <coughs> when he discusses the, the idea of two days of Rosh Hashanah, says something very fascinating. He says the two days of Rosh Hashanah essentially are connected two themes, both of Rosh Hashanah and Rosh Chodesh. What is what theoretically would have been the Doraisa, Rosh Hashanah, and Rosh Chodesh, because after all, the Aiden did show up. Because they made a Takana not to accept them. But they did show up. And when they showed up, in theory, right, there could have been, there should have been, in terms of the Molad, says the Mavosh, it really is Rosh Chodesh, and it really is Rosh Hashanah. At the same time, you should know, especially in the time of Mishnah, before they and the explains what that means is that they switch the days. That even if they're going to be two days, that the first day is going to be real Rosh Chodesh from Rosh Hashanah, and the second day is going to be the extended Rabbah. But at least in the time of the, of the earlier Takana, the Bush says, the first day is the Zecher for what would have been Torah, the proper day of making Rosh Chodesh and Rosh Hashanah. And the second day is the real Rosh Chodesh of Rosh Hashanah, the day the Kali Yisrael ended up making, with the license of the Chachamim, appropriately making uh, the proper day. The point is that there seems to be, again, an interesting connection between the concept of Rosh Chodesh and the head of Rosh Chodesh on one hand, and the concept of Rosh Hashanah on the other, and establishing through the Shir Shoyong that indeed this is Rosh Hashanah, that it is Rosh Chodesh, is itself an important element, apparently, for Rosh Hashanah and for Rosh Chodesh, especially perhaps Rosh Hashanah itself. The truth is that in the Nusachat Tzvilah, this Bein Shukharach, whether Musaf we should be saying Musaf Yom Azikaron or Musaf or Musafei Yom Azikaron Again, a more subtle playing out of the debate, whether or not the Musaf and Rosh Chodesh are going to be mentioned on Rosh Hashanah. But it's intriguing. It's even according to some Shittas that say we do not explicitly explicate the Kabbalahs of Rosh Chodesh, but it's important that some allusion be made to them. Others have to tell us it's not the regular Rosh Chodesh. The fact that it's integrated with Rosh Hashanah is surely significant. Maybe to make the point that it's not just a coincidence, but indeed this is the ultimate Rosh Chodesh, and that Rosh Chodesh in some respect is subsumed in Rosh Hashanah, but that it's subsumed, not negated. Therefore we say it in Safar. Indeed, according to Sam, even on the second day of Rosh Hashanah, which really is not Rosh Chodesh, we will still say Musafir. This again the Machlokas among the earlier um, Hashanah and among the Paschal. Implying again that there is some link between Rosh Chodesh and Rosh Hashanah. There's a third interesting theme, and many, many more, but three that I wanted to mention tonight. One, I started with Pesukim. Second, the connection between Rosh Chodesh and Rosh Hashanah. <coughs> and the third is one which is very much linked to that, and that is the question of how we view Rosh Hashanah as a day, particularly with respect to issues of Simcha. Here, too, one encounters ambiguity, complexity, with respect to Rosh Hashanah. On the one hand, Rosh Hashanah is a Yom Tov, the same kind of heterochal nefesh as any other Yom Tov. It's a Bale. On the other hand, 
Rosh Hashanah is an extremely serious day. Rabbi Sablavsky before made reference to the Ramban, say for Mitzvahs, suggesting the possibility that Tzvilan Rosh Hashanah is the equivalent of Yom Tzara. How does the Yom Tzara aspect of Rosh Hashanah square with the Moed, with the Chag, and the Sasan and Simcha that that entails? How do these, things, how do these two how do these two um, uh, mutually coexist? And this, of course, again, is subject to a major, major debate among the Gaonian earlier and later on the Rishon. The Gaon Rosh Hashanah tells us about the Flavid Base and the Base, right, that there is no Hyrule in Rosh Hashanah. We're told the Rishon says, however, if you are going to be on to Rosh Hashanah, Hashem, Latkia, Mishah, Sahara, Lamisha, Makra, Sahara. So, Diuk is that there really is no Hallel, it's only a Shatz Hallel, on Rosh Hashanah. And the Gemara explains, 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 the Gemara so much is at stake, right? literally life and death hangs in the balance, and you're going to say Shira, that would be inappropriate. Of course, we don't know exactly what to make of that Gemara. Does that mean it's inappropriate to say Halal? It's almost as if you're trying to bribe the judge. As such, it's better not to say it. But that doesn't mean that we're not dealing with the Yom Simcha. It's still the Yom Simcha. Or, is this another way of saying this Simcha is tinged with Tzara? or at least with Yura and Fahad. Of course, this is the famous formulation of the Rambam. Rambam in... Rambam in Pargil of Zchanika Halakhavah, the very famous uh, comment, explains, there he lists all of the Yom uh, Tov in which we say Halal. The Rambam tells us that Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur are not included. So, one hand he says that you may sit, that you may hear the Fachad, that's unequivocal. And then he says, one well, may, doesn't say, one may simcha, says, one may simcha, you say. But Tikkunahala, the point which you create in the Gila Huahal. I always like to quote the Raman and Pirsh Mishnayas, which is even sharp, more sharply formulated than the Raman in Mishnah Torah on this issue. Here Raman says, in the Shatta Hala Raman, the Shalani Korda Hala, Raman Shalom Raman Kippur, the Tishahim Ubey, Avoda, the Hachna, Upacha Rebola, Ne Hashem, the Yuan Lenu, and these are days of awe, these are days of hachna, self-abnegation, pachad, mora, ne hashem, v'yirah v'lenu, v'nivrachu v'nav selav. Of course, which leads then in his desperation and his isolation back to the Rav Shalom. He was no elan simcha yisela, simply pure pachad, yirah, hachna, Right? There's also the Ibrahim Manose Lab, 
in addition to your level, that of course is a grounds for simcha, but the Rambam's formulation here is a little bit different, the emphasis is a little bit different. We should discuss the question whether or not Shabbos, uh, if our Shabbat falls out on Shabbos, would one say it's a Kaskat Sedek and Bilchab now? After all, on one hand, there's no Hala. General principles of the Yomish Omer Mahalo is no Tzitkas Chatzedek. But if the Yomish Omer Mahalo, which is characteristic of Rosh Hashanah, so why shouldn't you say Tzitkas Chatzedek? On the other hand, Shonid and Kippari may Yoruba Facha might argue one should. It's actually a very appropriate time for Tzidu Kadim um, on the one hand. On the other hand, it is also Mount, it is a Chad. There's an element of Sasa and the Simcha, the Hetorachon Nefesh. Etc. What's interesting is that the Ran quotes a middle sheet. One position he quotes says, maybe in Rosh Hashanah you will not say Sitkas Hatzedek, but on Yom Kippur you will. And see, actually, has two formulations. One, because of the severity of the Pachat of the year on Yom Kippur, which I'll need for now. The other one says, after all, in addition to being Rosh Hashanah, it's also Rosh Chodesh. Since it's Rosh Chodesh, and Rosh Chodesh you never say Sitkas Hatzedek. From that point of view alone, you should say it. What about the position which says you don't say it? It is Rosh Chodesh, that's undeniable. Apparently, again, this gets back to our second theme. Apparently, the Rosh Chodesh is already integrated into the Rosh Hashanah, and if the dominant theme of Rosh Hashanah makes Tzimkas Hatzedek inappropriate, then it makes it inappropriate even though, right, maybe because of the kind of Rosh Chodesh that this particular Rosh Chodesh is. It's not Rosh Hashanah and Rosh Chodesh, it's Rosh Hashanah Rosh Chodesh, or Rosh Chodesh Rosh Hashanah. And that makes it unique, that perhaps makes it different. In a similar vein, the Rosh Hashanah discussed the question of Tzor, or the Gaudi. And what's fascinating is that there are three Shittas. The Arbaim will say that it's the Chiyot to fast on Rosh Hashanah. And the Arbaim will say that it's absolutely Asr to fast on Rosh Hashanah. And the more intriguing Shittas, at least from my point of view, is the sheet that allows this to be left to the discretion of each and every individual. Everybody can decide for themselves it's more appropriate to the heaven fast on Rosh Hashanah, but no key. And of course, it's a very intriguing sheet, though, because if the Simcha Rosh Hashanah is such that it is the equivalent of or similar to Simcha and other Yom Tov, then, of course, it would be totally inappropriate to fast. It would be a violation of that Simcha Yom If, on the other hand, that Sitka doesn't exist. That's a function of the playing up of the year of the Bachad, according to each or any formulation, in which case maybe this should really be a chiyot. What is this middle sheet about? Shansari, in his discussion of this problem, says, you know, perhaps again, the reason that one cannot fast in Rosh Hashanah is because of the element of, is because of the element of Rosh Chodesh. Again, it's fascinating. Um, May not be a similar Rosh Chodesh, but generally there's a research song on Rosh Chodesh. But again, what emerges again is this idea that Rosh Chodesh is a separate element, a coincidental element of Rosh Hashanah, or actually it's something integrated, in which case, if Rosh Hashanah's dominant theme is one which either permits or demands its own, then the Rosh Chodesh element is not going to prevent that either. We shall discuss the question of Zman. Is there Zman in Rosh Hashanah? Of course, there's a whole discussion of this. Kamar Nyan seems to say it's not worse than Kara Hadassa, than some sort of new food that you would uh, encounter, etc. But again, we're showing take different views as to understanding what that means. 
some of them explain that what's meant by all of this is that uh, something you encounter that is unique, you don't encounter it very often, it's a, a rare phenomenon, that too generates a bracha, even though there is really no simcha or not sufficient simcha in Rosh Hashanah, or maybe there's a clash between the generic aspect of Rosh Hashanah as a void and its particularistic aspect as Rosh Hashanah. So, whatever, based on these sort of particular themes, uh, one would have concluded that there should be no zman with Torah simcha. However, as a unique or rare phenomenon, Karachadasa is still justified to say zman. Now, even Rishon will say that there's no chiv to say zman. Again, it's a kind of uh, Rishon, so it's less than the zman that we normally say, the Rav Yah and Rav Hon have a whole debate exactly what the best way to say zman is on Rosh Hashanah and what the relationship is to the zman that you say in Tekiah Shofar, why you say zman separately on Tekiah Shofar. This is uh, all part of the discussion of the status of Zman in the time for details um, uh, in this context. However, Rabbi Yerushan, in his parish on the rift in Erevin, says unequivocally that the Gemara's conclusion is that if you say Zman and Kara Hadassah, certainly you will say Zman as Chiyut on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. After all, he says, is a young Tobin, and there you may Simcha. He says this unequivocally, there you may Simcha, the Sasa. And it's of course proper that Sheikh um, that Zman, be said on such a day. The truth is that these various positions, um, and many, many other additions that are connected to them, Shachach Yalom Yavo, Meinam Ora, are you or not, um, are not mutually exclusive either. According to Rishonim, who in the long lines of the precedent is saying, it's up to you if you want to fast, in the middle position. Um, take the view that there is both elements, uh, both elements of Simcha here, and there are also countervailing elements of Yerba Fachad, which contrast with it, mute the Simcha, that there's a kind of a tug of war in terms of the essential character of Rosh Hashanah. The Rishonim of the Gaudim, who argued that there was a soul on Rosh Hashanah, also had to contend with some of the issues raised by their counterparts, particularly in the Pasuk in the Chag. Mordechai here quotes it, and other Rishon do also, it's convenient to quote it here. The following. So all, Mordechai quotes the Gaonim who disagree. Now on the Samus Rosh Hashanah, Eishu Rosh Hashanah, also Rithanos, Ebi Dibre Torah, Ebi Dibre Kabbalah, Ebi Baisa, Ebi Tamuda, Ebi Dibre Torah, Ebi Dayim, Kishu Kolim Shara Baados, it's in Parsha Sefer. Uxiv Ebi Kodesh. Ebi Kodesh means, Varshim Vesifor Vesifrei, Katshuru the Ma'achav Mishnah Vitzus Nikiyah Chetir Shvashi Parshas Emma So that's one consideration But then, the Rosh Hashanah Yikrishan Kekola Ma'adim Chesid V'Keser V'Yom Chagayim It's interesting that it's the same Pasuk as the Pasuk which makes reference to the role of Rosh Chodesh But we know Zachad Shachodesh Miskasebo Havav was the Rosh Hashanah V'Yom After all, the Rokamachah Kolelecha Uksir V'Sabachta V'Chagecha and then there's Midibekabala. 
that even though you're in a state of panic, even though you're depressed, because everything is happening around you, you have to shake off your awareness. Now is the time to be celebrating, commemorating Yom Tov, and you do that by the Hu, Vashmanim, Shtumam Takim. The Shonim, the Shonish, the Gavitim, has been in Beis HaMikdash. This is about Rosh Hashanah. So I think the point is that what's really unique about Rosh Hashanah is precisely the sort of dilemmas that we pose. We began with three different themes. One is the Pesukim itself, the fact that Rosh Hashanah is the most ill-defined <coughs> of the Chagim in Parshas Emor. It doesn't have a day designation, Yom Rosh Hashanah, Yom Azikaron, it's just Shabbosan, right? number one. Number two, even what does have is a Chotshua, so the Rabban says, it's the most ambiguous of all the formulations of all the Chagim. We know what a Lulav is, we know what to do with it, we know what to do with the Matzah, right? Only thing that we're not clear what it means simply, that's why I took Rabban three pages, my version, figured out that it means Yom Adin, Zichron true. But why put us through all of this? Why such struggle to figure out what Zichron true means? Then, of course, when you consider that the other Rishon have totally different meanings, about Svaris and Shofros, Amachios and Kronos and Shofros, very fascinating interpretations, the Svarno, the Rambin Ezra, the Rashi, Rajban, everybody has their own page. What does Zichron Shua mean? Thomas as if the Torah intentionally left open the possibility of reading Zichron Shua in different ways. The question is why. Then, of course, is the Giyelachem, which only in this parsha precedes the designation of the day, Shabbosan, Yerachem Shabbosan, which doesn't appear elsewhere, and which reminds us of Rosh Chodesh. But then, of course, there's this whole theme that we developed quickly. The theme of Rosh Chodesh itself, namely that the elements of Rosh Hashanah that not only are coincidental elements of Rosh Chodesh, it's Rosh Hashanah and Rosh Chodesh, but a sense of this coincidental call us the possibility that Rosh Hashanah is the ultimate Rosh Chodesh. And for that reason, Rosh Chodesh's role is muted or redefined in the context of Rosh Hashanah. But it is so because Rosh Hashanah is not only, it's not only Chodesh Shemiskasabo, Chodesh Shemiskasabo, Chodesh Shemiskasabo, but that that uh, Kisori is because it includes, it subsumes it, and therefore redefines it. That's the second thing. Then the third thing is, what is the true character of Rosh Hashanah? Is it a Yom Simcha? Is it a Yom Tzom? Especially, how can you say that it's both at the same time? You have the option of taking either this route to Rosh Hashanah or that route to Rosh Hashanah. Such flexibility is extraordinary. Okay. So we write sheets that are going in, we don't pass it this way. But uh, the fact is that it's an extraordinary position, one which may reflect a certain broad orientation towards the nature of the day itself. But I think that's exactly the point. I think one needs to contrast Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, precisely because in combination, the Yom Naran, Rosh Hashanah, and then Yom Kippur, are more powerful because of the contrast, which turns out to be a compliment. Now, Kippur is a day which is characterized by its very clear, specific order. Seder Abadas Yom Kippur. You can't view it from that Seder. It's the most detailed and precise, and it revolves around, you know, the Kali going back and forth between his big Elaman and his big day Zahab, Chavesh Tfilos, and Hesach Kedushin, and you can't change anything. Yom Kippur is not only a day which is rigid in its structure, but it is also a day which is absolutely clear and totally focused in its theme. 
There's nothing complex about Yom Kippur. It's profound. It's the most critical day of the year. It's Shabbos Shabbos. But it's not complex. We all know what Yom Kippur is about. It's about, in the most fundamental way, person expressing, coming to terms with himself, expressing in front of the Rabbi Shalom, his loyalty, his devotion to Torah, to Mitzvot, his recognition of his role, his recognition of his uh, subservience to and reliance upon the Rabbi Shalom. All of that is the theme of Yom Kippur. One gets away from the complex balancing act of all year round. It's a day of Kulal Hashem. It's a day when the physical side is muted, the spiritual side is accented. It's made clear that that's one's priority at all times. That is the day of Yom Kippur. It's the day of the Kondon. However, to reach that day, one needs to undergo several changes. And one needs to look at oneself critically one needs to work on one's status as a religious um, personality, and to do that is extremely complex. For all different people are deficient in different ways, different circumstances, everybody needs to address and to try to come to grips with various aspects of his own personality, various deficiencies, so he's able to reach on the day of Yom Slichah Mechila, Yom Kippur, the ability simply to focus on Kulam Hashem. The day of Rosh Hashanah is intentionally meant to be a day of complexity. It's a day that is given to the individual. It's not a hefker day, by any means, it also has a structure. There's Balkans, the Chronos, the Shofros, there's Tkia Shofar, there's Tvila. But the fact is that if there is no, any, there is no one halachic day with as many themes as Rosh Hashanah. And there are not so many different ways of looking at each of those themes on Rosh Hashanah in any other fact. Shofos has various ideas connected to it, Shmiyan, Tkia, Shofar Shel, Yovel, Tzcherus on the one hand, the Shofar Shel of the Akedah on the other. I'm not going to go through Epsadion's Ten explanations of ten themes of the Tzkiyot Shofar. If you look at the Parashat, what is Malachios? What exactly is Malachios? Malachios connected to Din. Is it a separate halacha? What is the Chronos? Is it about Hashkacha? Is it about being remembered positively only? What is Shofar's? In other words, there are multiple themes, and each one of the themes has more than one aspect or motif to it as well. Torah intentionally uses the term zikron trua, submitting, because it has multiple meanings. And Rashad is meant to be a day, not only of Malchus and Chorus and Shofras, as Rashi says, and not only a day of Malchus, as the Svaru and the Rajban said, and not only Yom Adin, as the Rabban concludes after his long uh, discussion and essay, it's meant to be all of the above. It's meant to encompass Malchus in all of its glory, and Zechronus and all of its complexity, and Babel, the Shofar, the vehicle of the Shofar is meant to accomplish Babel and Zechronus, and the, the aspects of Gilu Shina. All of these are part and parcel of this day. And indeed, that's why perhaps the Pasuk doesn't give it a designation. It calls it Shabasa. But more than that, it's Yinavachem Shabasa. While there's particular nice and the themes are not totally plastic and plastic, 
God limits, but the point is that it's a very ambitious day. It's a day which is addressed to each individual to find ways to relate to all of these aspects, to Malkins, Horos, Shofos, Shviya, and all of these things. It's a day of Yilachem. In that sense, Rosh Hashanah truly is the ultimate Rosh Chodesh. In that sense, again, being Yilachem. It's a day which falls out of Rosh Chodesh, therefore, in a sense, Mekadosh Yisrael Bahazvanim, again, implies Kali Yisrael's role in making the day of Rosh Hashanah what it needs to be for him. Indeed, even the Dindra Banan, the Yom Richta, reflects the issue of Rosh Chodesh, two themes of Rosh Chodesh, according to the Bush, etc. So that basically, what we have is a super Rosh Chodesh. Not just coincidentally, but subsuming this idea of Klein's responsibility, their accountability to the Rosh Hashanah on all levels, if they are the ones who are the Kaddish Esazmanian, that's the that's the that's the privilege side that comes with its kind of love as well accountability to be the kind of Yerushalayim the kind of Bentayla that justifies and allows for such a thing and then finally this is reflected in the spillover in the kind of day that it is Rosh Hashanah is a Yom Simcha it's a Boeg indeed it's on the one hand, and at the same time, it's as the Rambam puts it, the Yom Sheimahem Simcha Yisega. It's a Yom of Yom Afachad. A day of Yom Afachad Minenu, even as it is the opportunity, the rare opportunity, of Nebrach Umanos Elav. In this sense, Rosh Hashanah is a dialectical day, and it's meant to be. And it's meant for every Jew to rest the full agenda of what's demanded of him on this day. According to Sam Hashanah, this even allows for some flexibility on an individual level. For people who find themselves in one situation, might be appropriate to fast. For people who need to address different aspects of the Yerushalayim, the Rabbanus Hashem, it would be totally inappropriate for them to fast. According to the Gaudi, who say that generally speaking, one should fast in Rosh Hashanah, and then we have to interpret the Passover in the Chavya, as referring to that particular situation in which Klai Yisrael was showing the Tsar, they were depressed, that Rosh Hashanah, they needed to play up that Simcha, the Moed, that was being jeopardized, and therefore was the Chul, that's perhaps what the Navi meant. Lechu, lechlu, mashmanim, shtumam takim. But generally speaking, at least for the individual, maybe this was for the klal, maybe this was an antidote against a sense of availus, which is inappropriate, surely. Availus is excluded of Hashanah. But for the individual, who's already not in the state of availus, not the klal, who finds the best way for him to work on his own spiritual agenda, is to engage in itself. That individual has a reshut. It's called some Gaudim, called other Gaudim. Such a such person actually is mechulit. In this sense, Rosh Hashanah really emerges as a tremendous challenge to each and every one of us. Now, let me just conclude by quoting the, the Medrash 
which again Rishon will quote here in this very context as well. Better says, Tanu Yerushalmi, it's Yerushalmi, Rav Chanu Barchanino, Rav Adma Rishyal, Merachad Omar, Eiza Uma Kuma Zu, Binahom Shorad Olam, Adam, Shiodea, Shiyesh Lodin, Lovesh Chorim, Begadel, Skado, Shiyodea, Hechiot Seidino, Generally, when people are being judged, their life is at stake. So how do they dress? They would dress in black. It would reflect the state of terror and apprehension that they feel. They know they have confidence that the Rosh will ultimately find them to be worthy. Therefore, they dress in white, they trim their beard or they shave their beard. They eat and they drink, they spend the day in a state of simcha, simcha reflecting not levity, not frivolity, but confidence with a sense of, of purposiveness. This is one of the colors that's used to demonstrate that there is an Easter on Rosh Hashanah to fast. But of course, the message to each and every one of us is clear. Perhaps our day is not as flexible as it is according to some of the Rishonim. Right? We pass it according to the Shulchan Aruch. We don't uh, have a Tzalm on Rosh Hashanah. Our day is much more structured. Undoubtedly, it's appropriate that it be that way. In terms of the Kulas, at least, that is the case. But in terms of what is demanded of us, in terms of a Chesh in terms of looking at every aspect of our religious life, leaving no stone unturned to see what it is that we can do to improve ourselves, to adopt a different approach to what is needed, as far as that is concerned, the demands of Yom HaZikaron, with all of its multiple agenda, of Yom with all of the responsibility that it applies, that it applies. The idea of Rosh Hashanah, the ultimate Rosh Chodesh, the Yom Simcha and Banos Umivrach Elad, together with the Yom Afachad, is one which is an opportunity that none of us dare miss. We shall all exceed the same